0: it's funny because like Andrew Wiggins doesn't people didn't not like Andrew Wiggins right he has a good reputation as a person people liked him his teammates liked him his coaches liked him he didn't leave really on bad terms other than um you know he just had underwhelmed here but that's because the expectations were so sky high so I think it'd be a tough pill to swallow because it almost kind of just shows like hey this organization couldn't develop Andrew Wiggins um, but there's certain players that only really work in certain situations
1: on the field in the broadcast booth Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every 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 day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now.
2: Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson, on location again. I got my producer Sam Action with me, and as we get started today, I just kind of wanted to talk about everything. Well, one, I finally watched. Hustle, the Adam Sandler movie. I don't know if you watched this yet, Sam.
1: I missed it. I haven't seen it yet. I'm gonna though. But it's good. It's good. I will say that right.
2: Anthony Edwards plays a great villain. Like he reminds me, I hope he takes this same attitude from the movie. Not some of the stuff that happens towards the end, but some of the stuff from the movie, I hope he takes into the season because he was a great villain, uh, an antagonizer. Like he played the role perfect. And so as I started thinking about uh Basketball players in movies, you know, you got Kevin Garnett, another Timberwolf, um, and Kevin Garnett with Adam Sandler. Maybe Adam Sandler likes the Wolves, I don't know, but Kevin Garnett <laughs> was in a movie with Adam Sandler as well. And Kevin Garnett did a uh, okay job, it was decent. Uh, he played himself, he had like a, a ring and some other stuff. And you know, it was, it was, a, it was, I don't know who's seen that movie. I, I that, have
1: seen that one, Uncut Gems, Uncut nope.
2: Gems, but Anthony Edwards. Like, I wish either it's a spinoff movie and they keep going because there's more to this movie that I think Adam Sandler, like, there's more to be told to this story. And it's kind of cool because it's about the draft. And then after they're drafted, then what? Like, you just, that's the end. You know, Adam Sandler becomes, you know, what he becomes. I'm not going to ruin the movie for people. But, I like, I think Anthony Edwards might have a, a part two. I mean, I know there's Space Jams with LeBron. I heard it wasn't good. I didn't see it. And I think that's the answer, but Ed, before we jump into this Minnesota basketball, Kevin Garnett championships, because you got Andrew Wiggins, is Andrew Wiggins going to get a movie? Is this going to be a movie star ending for Andrew Wiggins in the next couple of days? But before we jump into that conversation, we're going to have another word from our sponsors.
1: Prize picks, NBA fans. Are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? You need to try the award-winning app prize picks it's the daily fantasy app made easy i love it i know you will too you pick two to five players and an over under on the projections you can win up to 10 times on any entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's that easy prize picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals use the award-winning app on both the app store and google play uh, any props you can think of are on Prize Picks. Points scored, rebounds, steals. They have mixed sport entries. It's a ton of fun. And Prize Picks doesn't just offer NBA, college hoops, college football, NFL, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. For a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point, but you must use code NBA. That's right, it's an exclusive offer available to Lockdown fans. Sign up today, use code NBA, 50 bucks for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single measly point. And now back to Ron. Well, there
2: you heard it from our sponsors. And for those watching on YouTube, hey, good to see you again. But for those listening on the podcast, please remember to subscribe, tell your friends, pass it on, share it. But as we jump into this, Sam, Minnesota fans love to adopt stuff. Like, if you think about all the people that have left Minnesota, and Minnesota fans continue constantly, like they constantly try to like find a way to make it about them. Like, if a team wins, uh, if a player gets an MVP, if another player gets a big contract, if if somebody wins a Super Bowl, like Tom Brady, you know that oh he's from Minnesota. You know they there was a lot of that. The Minnesota's Minnesotans always find a way. And so, the question. If Andrew Wiggins wins, does this feel more like a Timberwolves win or snub? Or is Kevin Garnett more of it? I'm going to go with none of them. Like Jim Butler's almost win. Uh, Andrew Wiggins. If Stefan Diggs wins the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter. It does not come back to Minnesota. Um, so often that's what Minnesota fans will talk about. But this thing about Andrew Wiggins, I don't know if it was Players around him because maybe he's not a Batman. Like he was drafted first round, top pick, to be to be super everything. Then you get Cat, then you get Levine, and for some reason that just didn't fit. Like Levine and Wiggins are almost like the same player, and it's tough to find that. Like people can say Clay and Steph do the same thing, but they don't. Clay can move without the ball; he doesn't need to dribble. Steph creates, gets loose, does everything. Draymond Green is dirty, nasty. You add, you add all those other little pieces in there. Gary Payton II, you know, he's a defender. He's going to guard anybody from Al Horford all the way down to uh, to uh, Jalen Brown. So he, he's guarding everybody. Andrew Wiggins, he is shutting down. Not shutting down, but he keeps Jason Tatum under control. He also has a long body. And so when I say that, always wonder, like, did the t- – <laughs> Yes, the difference made a mistake. If they had drafted Steph Curry, then they probably could have got Wiggins. And then you have your, your, your championship. Because uh, Steph Curry, you know, people, oh, but they wouldn't have. No, Steph Curry still wasn't good. Like when he first got to the Warriors, they weren't great. They weren't this like team that they are because they still got Clay in the first round. So it still could have worked. They still could have found a way to get there. And, and, and so <clears throat> my point is I think when you look at Andrew Wiggins, you look at Kevin Garnett. You look at Jimmy Butler, none of it matters. Until the Timberwolves find a way to bring it home, it doesn't matter. I don't know. What do you think, Sam?
1: So here's what's disappointing about Andrew Wiggins. It's that with, with the other three that that we've alluded to, the, the Kevin Garnett, Kevin Love, Jimmy Butler, who've gone on to play in the finals, like Kevin Garnett was a former MVP. Wolves fans knew he was good. They, they loved him. They respected him for what he gave the Wolves. He didn't have a supporting cast, and they kind of reached a point where they had to trade him. And, and get something in return. Same with Kevin Love. Kevin Love was really good, amazing rebounder, and, and kind of an er, one of those early shooting big men. Before every big man had to shoot, Kevin Love was shooting. He was shooting threes, and he was good at it. Yeah, I, I think w- what's tough to watch for Wolves fans is that all those other guys, they let go. They knew they were good. They knew that they could you know, be part of a title team at some point. With Andrew Wiggins, you didn't know that he really had this in him. You didn't know that he could play this well at this high of a level against this good of competition. Like, we just hadn't seen this Wiggins. And I know that he's got so much support around him in Golden State. It's easier for him to thrive with the pressure off. But that's what stings a little, is that you wanted this Wiggins all those years in Minnesota, that bulldog who would carry teams occasionally. um, And he just wasn't able to be the alpha in Minnesota. And now that he's not the alpha – in Golden State, he's much better suited. But to see how good he's playing for them, I think Wolves fans are probably just a little bitter that hey, where was that for us, man?
2: Yeah, and, and he's not an alpha, he's not a beta, he's more like a Charlie or a Delta. Like that, that's where Wiggins is. He's a Charlie or Delta, he's that third guy out there. But in these finals, he sometimes takes over and becomes the alpha. Like I, I remember coming down that he was coming down the court in that fast break. He could have kicked it to Clay. Clay looked like a little bit frustrated. like dude, like I'm open, give it to me. Wiggins kind of looked him off, and what happened is the defense ran to Clay, and then what happens? He gets the layup. I think that's what was missing in Minnesota is whenever Wiggins would drive, they would crash. He was dealing with bodies on top of bodies. He hadn't really gotten his his grown man body yet, his, str- his strength, his frame. Um, he didn't have people part like the Red Sea on the fast break because Steph Curry's on one side and Clay's on the other. I mean, we see it all the time now, fast breaks, which I I get a little bit annoyed with. Like Steph had an easy chance for a layup and he stopped to shoot a three, which allowed them to all catch up and you know force them back into a set. And then they missed, came down. It became a nine point game instead of a 13 point lead. Um, But it didn't bite them in the butt. Like I, I know everybody was waiting for that moment to go back to that and say, this is the moment when Steph Curry lost this game. But no, they found a way to pull it out. They found a way to go up. Uh, but Andrew Wiggins is a huge piece of this puzzle. And if he had had the game he had last night, time and a time, like three or four times, he's the MVP. Like he would have stole the MVP from Steph. But now, because everybody keeps talking about the stealing of the MVP, I think it's going to be hard to take it away from Steph if they win in Boston and Andrew Wiggins gets his ring. And all Minnesota fans are going to tweet their life away about how it could have been if, how it could have been if. And so it is what it is, but Andrew Wiggins is on his way to most likely winning. And I said that. I said if the Warriors, I picked Steph Curry, I literally had changed my mind because I thought Boston had it when they were up. But the Warriors are showing they got their championship pedigree. They know how to win tough games. But that'll do it for segment one of the Ron Johnson Show. Up next, we are going to have Ben Beckon from Locked On Wolves. We're going to talk NBA draft. We're going to talk what's in the future for the Wolves. And can this Wolves front office really get it done in this ownership group? Is it going to be the same thing as it's been? Or are these guys going to start uh, locking down some of these top free agents that might want to come to Minnesota and play with a good core of guys? Up next on the Ron Johnson Show. And up next on the Ron Johnson Show, we have Ben Beacon. That's Locked On Wolves insider. He has all the hot tips, all the hot gossip. I guess if you want to talk about Carl Anthony Towns making out with his wife or girlfriend after the game, Ben might know a little bit about that. But before we get to that interview, we have a word from our sponsors.
1: Only the hard-hitting stuff for Ben Beacon coming up here. Can't wait. Bet online is our great partner, the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, MLB scores, fights, NFL futures. They've even got live betting, esports, the whole nine yards. Head to the website today. Check out those game six odds for Warriors Celtics. Check out the Twins run line for tonight against Seattle. Uh, you can also look on your mobile device at the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts.
2: Always thankful for our sponsors on the Ron Johnson Show. Up next, now we have Ben Beacon. As we've been, been, been into the show, I did joke about you know inside gossip. I'm not sure if Ben has any. Um, if he does, he probably doesn't want to divulge it. But Ben, thank you for joining us on the Ron Johnson Show. Um, as we talk about basketball, and, and, and basketball with, with Minnesota is always a sore subject sometimes when when you when you look at Kevin Garnett, you look at Jimmy Butler, you look at all these guys leaving, and, and then you go back to the draft with Steph Curry. Um, you have all these guys that missed, they missed on Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, they end up getting Ricky Rubio, Johnny Flynn. When you think about that, Ben, coming up with the draft, what do the Timberwolves need to do to kind of put faith back into the fans with this new ownership group, new front office.
0: I'll tell you what, I, I mean, I, it's just nice to be talking about the draft. The Timberwolves didn't have a first-round pick last year, um, and a couple of years ago it was the Anthony Edwards draft. So it's it's a little bit of a different animal drafting at 18, I guess. After the Jimmy Butler year, the Wolves drafted. I think Josh Okogie was the 20th pick. But besides that, the Wolves have either been in the lottery or without a pick going back really decades. Uh, they haven't picked, you know, since the. Kevin Garnett since the good Kevin Garnett years they haven't picked in this range of the draft very often so it's it's a little bit weird uh, you know trying to analyze this draft honestly because it's it, it, the Anthony the Edwards year it was like hey they're either gonna pick Anthony Edwards or the mellow ball and then last year there wasn't a first round pick and now it's like we don't know what's gonna happen they have the 19th pick in the first round three second round picks. Um and so and of course the new front office uh, as you mentioned Tim Connolly is now in charge of basketball operations and he has a great track record coming from Denver especially in the late first round I mean he's drafted guys like a Minnesota Native and Zeke Naji recently Bones Highland um uh, Michael Porter Jr was like I think he was the 16th pick or something kind of middle of the first round so he's got a good track record of of finding these diamonds in the rough and you know I don't know that they need to do that because they have their two stars with Karl-Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards they need to find a functional, a player for the rotation that's kind of plug and play. Um, and really, that could be, I mean, it could really be at any position. So
1: in in this draft, I know the Wolves have some pretty serious needs in the front court. Um, they obviously lacked in size and rebounding last year behind, you know, Nas Reed. Do you think they need to draft for need in the, with this pick? Or is the draft only about finding talent, whether that's guard, center, forward, or whatever position?
0: Yeah, I think mid-late first round is an interesting an interesting kind of, because I, I mean, you always hear about like draft ready or best player available, right? And you just don't know what's going to be on the board there. So uh, I, I mean, you could take a swing, like for instance, the Jaden McDaniel's pick uh, a couple years ago for the Wolves. They had the two; they actually got an extra first round pick to take McDaniel's and Leandro Balmaro. Obviously, the jury saw it on Balmaro. He didn't; he just played a little bit last year. Didn't play at all the first year after he was drafted. Um, so this, the McDaniel's was something of a swing, and it looks like it's going to turn out pretty well. And, you know, you could do that. You could go with a higher upside guy that maybe has a lower floor and just figure maybe we can find a third star, assuming D'Angelo Russell's not along, not around that much longer. Um, or you could just look for a player that's going to be plug-and-play in the rotation. And, and I might be in the minority here. I know they need size. I know they need physicality. I know they need rebounding. But I don't know that, you know, drafting for a backup center is the best use of assets here because, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is going to play 30, 32 plus minutes per game. So you're talking about 14 to 16 minutes at best and less than that in the playoffs. Nas Reed's a pretty good backup center. I know that he has some holes in his game. That's why he's a backup. But, um, you know, I don't know that that's an efficient use of assets. So in my mind, it's Chris Finch likes to play really kind of positionless basketball and and uh, in a sense and, and have flex, flexible, switchable defenders, um, kind of interchangeable parts on the perimeter offensively. So I think you just really there's a lot of good wings in this draft uh threes that can play the four or fours that can play the three um and that's where i would go with this pick so i think it's really to answer your question cut which isn't really an answer kind of a combination of those two things i think you're looking for the best combination of what's a who's a player that can fit this roster but also has can be plug and play um uh, with a little bit of upside as well and it's just so hard to know who's going to be on the board at 18. so for me it's wings i think i think there's a lot of wings available
2: And when when you think about D'Angelo Russell, though, like that's the the elephant in the room for a lot of people. Is D'Angelo Russell the third piece of this puzzle? Does he want to come back? Is it worth bringing him back? Uh, You know, contract could be moved. Do you, there's a kid out of Tennessee, Kennedy Chandler. You know, and the only reason I, I know a little bit about it is because Tennessee actually had a good year. Um, or, you know, when you look at the, the tournament stuff and the SEC, some of the games, um, is is that kind of the answer, maybe finding just a guard from college that did, and he's only a freshman, so he's young. Yeah. Um, but a guard that did well, um, because D'Angelo Russell does score, but a guy maybe that's more of a facilitator and is going to always be a facilitator with those guys.
0: Yeah, it could be. Uh, I mean, I think certainly if, if the, it's in the cards and there's all these rumors now, I think Kevin O'Connor, the ringer, just came out on on Tuesday, Monday, I guess it was, and said that the Wolves are actively shopping D'Angelo Russell. I think everybody kind of knows that they're open to trading him. He's got one year left on the max deal. So if they're for sure trading him and if they feel like they can trade him, then it makes sense to take somebody that you think you you have on a rookie deal for the next four plus years um, somebody that you think can play and fit the window of Anthony Edwards and Carlton Towns and maybe be your third star or nothing else, be kind of the straw that stirs the drink. But yeah, Kennedy Chandler has some similarities to another recent first round point guard who um who made an impact on a playoff team like Tyrese Maxey there's some similarities there somebody who can play make um could use a little bit of work on the jumper but good enough I mean he was like 37% I think from three this year so uh you know that's that's pretty good but there's some consistency issues there um so but there's also I mean Ty Ty Washington's another one that's come up quite a bit as a possibility out of Kentucky around that I think actually that's who the ringer had mocked to the Wolves at 19 um so that's that's definitely a possibility there's also the chance um sitting here now a little more than a week out there's always the possibility the wolves attach this pick to D'Angelo Russell if they end up trading him and maybe they need to do that in order to get back you know the requisite assets in a trade I mean that's always a possibility too and then obviously you've got to find a point guard somewhere else you can't go into the air with just Patrick Beverly Jordan McLaughlin but um yeah it's it's a possibility you know drafting a rookie point guard and just expecting them if they do trade D'Angelo Russell to like step in and be the guy is a little bit scary if you want to take that next step as a team, but it's certainly a possibility.
1: Let me call back to our first segment here, Ben. So we talked about Andrew Wiggins potentially winning it all and how it compares to Kevin Love winning it all. Kevin Garnett winning it all. Jimmy Butler coming very close. Hmm. Where do you think Andrew Wiggins almost winning this thing with the Golden State Warriors ranks among departed Timberwolves
0: going off and winning titles? That's a great question. That's a really weird one. I mean, with Kevin Love, it was like you kind of felt good for him because he was he was always thought of as a as a good stats bad team guy, and he wanted as the third best player on a really you know with one of the best best two players of all time. And um, you know Kevin Garnett, obviously everybody was happy for Kevin Garnett because he never really wanted to leave Minnesota in the first place. Um, this is a little different because Andrew Wiggins was never what everybody wanted him to be and and he was never going to be that right he was never going to be the alpha dog the 1a um and he doesn't has it needed to be that in golden state he can play second third sometimes fourth fiddle and step up when he needs to and i don't know it's it's funny cuz like andrew wiggins doesn't people didn't not like andrew wiggins right he has a good reputation as a person people liked him his teammates liked him his coaches liked him he didn't leave really on bad terms other than um you know he just had underwhelmed here but that's because the expectations were so sky high so I think it'd be a tough pill to swallow because it almost kind of just shows like, hey, this organization couldn't develop Andrew Wiggins. Um, But there's certain players that only really work in certain situations. There's tons of famous what ifs, right? I mean, like, what if uh, Tim Duncan doesn't go to the Spurs? Is he still Tim Duncan or are the Spurs the Spurs? Is Popovich Popovich? You know, we could do that with a lot of guys. That's obviously at a different level than this. But... um, you know, what What other situation, if Wiggins gets traded by Golden State this offseason, which is a possibility, uh, although if they win the finals and he somehow you know, he wins finals MVP or something crazy, maybe not. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, in his next stop in the NBA, what does this look like? Is it back to where he was in Minnesota? Are teams going to expect too much out of him? Um, this is really kind of the perfect situation for Wiggins. And and to be fair, Golden State's been a perfect situation for a lot of guys that that, you know, had very different careers elsewhere.
2: Yeah, I mean, Kevin Garnett, not not to say he can't win it anywhere else, but he hasn't won it anywhere else. And Golden State did for him what they're doing for Wiggins, what they, like you said, like they do for a lot of people. Um, Andrew Wiggins, he might be the finals MVP. If he has a 30-something point game and they close it out, that that, that committee might be like, wait a minute, this dude shut down Jason Tatum, he's playing defense. He's the Andre Iguodala. Like, Andre Iguodala stole it from Steph. Andrew Wiggins might steal it from Steph, and then the, the Minnesota fans will really feel the steam if Wiggins is a champion and an MVP, and he did not do it in Minnesota. Well, that'll do it for Ben Beacon. I want to thank Ben for joining us on the Ron Johnson Show. That's Sam Ekstrom. And up next, we got the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Stay tuned for that. And now it's the part of the show that I love. It's the Daily Three. Why? Because I wore number three in college. That's three questions, three minutes each. Sam's going to try to throw some stuff out that might stump me, doesn't ever work. Take it away, Sam.
1: Unlikely that I'll stump you. Here's my Vikings <laughs> question of the day. We're trying to hit on all these Vikings talkers before training camp. I want to ask you about the wide receiver coach. You know the importance of a wide receiver coach. Keenan McCardell is an NFL legend, and he was the only assistant to come back to the Minnesota Vikings coaching staff from last year. What is the importance of... Of having mccardell back on this staff for jefferson thielen and the rest of the guys
2: well i mean the good thing about social media is you don't have to ask questions like gms back in the day my guess is they had to do research they had to ask around Uh, You can see social media. So in social media, of course, and in the media, but mainly social media, Justin Jefferson, you know, talked about Keenan McCardell and and how, you know, how much he's helped him grow and how that, you know, Adam Thielen talked about Keenan McCardell and how the, you know, the room was just different and how his energy was just different from the past. And uh, KJ Osborne talked about how Keenan McCardell helped him grow because everybody had written KJ Osborne off after some of the mistakes. Keenan McCardell comes in, KJ Osborne is like a solid number three where you gotta give them a little bit of money maybe in a year or two. Um, and so I think you know when you're Kevin O'Connell and you're like, look, the most important thing in my offense, if we're gonna be like the Rams, is my receiver's coach. And when you look at the guys out on the street, now one, if he could have pull, maybe the Rams gotta come with him. Maybe. But you know, leaving LA after you just won a Super Bowl and you have Cooper Cup, I don't know too many coaches that would just walk away from that, um, unless there's a promotion involved. So when you look at Keenan McCardell, Super Bowl champion played the position for a long time. Uh, it, it just made sense. It, it, it was no surprise to me that they kept them. And the other reason behind that too, now now, when you look at uh, the, the conversation of everybody saying like guys working together and I want this to be a, a family atmosphere, I want this to be an open door, like Keenan McCardell and Justin Jefferson, those guys all get along. Like it's it's just like a cool vibe. And I remember losing my receivers coach my sophomore or my junior year, which was my best year. I got a new coach in and not to say I fell off. It just, it just wasn't the
1: same. Sounds like the receivers really stood on the table to get McCardell back. Like they went to the front office and they said, Hey, this guy's really important to us. And I get it. I mean, no offense to the receivers coaches they had before, but you know, Andrew Janoco was a college quarterback. Drew Petzing, I don't think he even played college football. Like they, they didn't have guys that had been there before. And Keenan McCardell has. like, And I can see where there'd be a Correct. big difference to them in the way that he coaches and the way that he can teach from his own experience. That's super valuable, so I totally get it. Byron Buxton, AL Player of the Week last week. Five home runs, and this is like a couple weeks removed from when he was going over 30. He was ice cold. He was below 200. Five homers last week. Another home run last night, so the Twins win 3-2. to two. Ron, how much better are the Twins when Byron Buxton's bat is working?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like asking how good are the Vikings when Justin Jefferson's healthy. It's it's one of those pieces of the puzzle they need. Um, the question answers it itself. Like the fact that he was player of the week. You know, last year the whole talk was keep Byron Buxton in the bubble. Like he gets hurt on the dumbest things. And it happened earlier this year. Like he we came up lame on a, I think like a slide or something. Everybody's like, oh, here we go again. Season's over. Um, but he's found a way. And then there was the whole like play count, not pitch count, but play count. Like how, how many innings are we going to give him? Are we going to rest him? Are we going to get him going? Are we going to rest them and play him later? And Byron Buxton's bat, it's one of those things, and, and not to, to toot my own daughter's horn, but it's one of those things like when she plays and she doesn't play. Like she is a girl that's going to get a home run, triple, double every single time. She She rarely strikes out. Uh, she always puts the ball in play. She might get thrown out, but she she rarely strikes out unless you give her like a nasty changeup. Other than that, like that's where I, I noticed that with her team. Like when Byron Buxton's out there, it's the same feeling. It's like you know what, we're one run away. Byron Buxton's here. You know we have Carrera. We have you know we have good fielders. We have a pitching staff that's you know getting it done. But Buxton is a guy that gives them hope. And I'm not gonna say he's like Aaron Judge. Uh, Aaron Judge is a different monster, but it's the same feeling, you know, when you know you have a guy coming up to bat that possibly can put the ball into play and make something happen. It, it, it's it's contagious. It, it catches on. It, 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 everybody starts to be like, oh, man, we can do this. And so I think that's what Buxton does for this team.
1: Yeah, it's just a different offense when he's clicking. I mean, then you've got Arise, who's the top hitter in the league. You've got Buxton, who's one of the top power guys, and Correa, who's just solid. He's a 300 hitter. That's a one, two, three punch right there, as they showed against the Yankees last week when they all went back-to-back-to-back home runs. Yeah. Last question for you of the Daily Three. Haven't talked a lot of links this year, and part of the reason is because they've been struggling mightily. They are actually 3-11. and That is the worst record in the WNBA, Ron, is their playoff streak going to end this season?
2: I hate to say yes, um, but I'm going to say yes with an exception. If they can find a way to go 18 and 16, and this is the reason why they made the playoffs before and they were 18 and 16 in 2019, I think that was the year. Because um, I remember looking at that like, oh, that's like a baseball record. But if they can go 18 and 16 and they can somehow get back to 500 they can make the playoffs if not like if if in the next let's say 10 games if they can't find a way to win like eight out of the 10 like they're in trouble I know you know what? I'm not gonna make it that high I'm gonna say seven out of 10 because six six out of 10 that's just yeah no seven out of the 10 70 you got to get a c average they have a chance but if they fall and go 50 50 the rest of the way they're out of it because that's that's kind of the benchmark, you know. The WNBA, it's on the curve just like every other sport. The top guys set the mark, and then everybody else has to catch up and stay in pace. Eighteen and sixteen was their record. They made the playoffs, so I mean, at this point, to get to that, I mean, was it three wins? They'd have to go like fifteen and five. So. I don't know. That's 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 a tall order. Um, I know Rachel Banham, you know, you know, Minnesota gopher from here, Lakeville, and she's home playing. Like, you know, it's just not the same. It's not the same with Lindsay Whalen and some of the girls at Sylvia Files, and you know, back with Simone Augustus and all those girls, like it's not the same. It's not the same. So, you know, and I say all good things must come to an end, but the Patriots missed, you know, the Patriots aren't the Patriots anymore without Tom Brady. It's sometimes you gotta rebuild and start over. So I, I don't I don't see them making the playoffs.
1: Is there like a bat signal on top of Target Center with a silhouette of Maya Moore that they can send <laughs> into the sky and call upon her to come and save the season? Because that's the only thing that's saving this team at this point, I think. It's going to be a tall order.
2: I don't even know if she can. Like, that's a lot, especially the fact that she hasn't played. Like, she's been in love and just hanging out and doing mm-hmm. social justice. Like. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I say we, she couldn't be working behind the scenes, but it's a different monster when you're just off the ground. I mean, look at Michael Jordan when he came back with 45. He wasn't good. And he's Jordan. Like, <laughs> yes, he was old. No, he wasn't old. No, because he ended up winning like three more championships. But, you know, when he first came back, he wasn't good right away. It took him some time. But, you know, it is what it is. But that'll do it for the Ron Johnson show. I'm Ron Johnson, that's Sam Ekstrom. I want to thank you guys for continuing to follow us, download, subscribe, listen, wherever you get your podcast. But of course you can subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube, but you can also subscribe wherever you get your podcast and take us wherever you go. Thank you, have a great day.